0: welcome to a podcast from a live church in Newark we believe that the gospel changes lives so we hope you're ready to hear from God be challenged and inspired here's our speaker for today today we're looking at we week- We are servants. So for anyone who doesn't know me, I was about to say anyone who doesn't know you, anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Olivia. Um, I've been part of a Light Newark since we planted here. And my husband is Ollie. A little bit of background on me there. And uh, I want to tell you a quick story. So a couple of years ago, probably more years ago than I care to remember. I was doing my dissertation. I was at university and um, I was living in a house with four other girls and all of us were writing our dissertations at the same time. Ollie and I were quite newly dating and um, it was a Saturday and we made a plan that we were going to all work really, really hard until five o'clock. Then at five o'clock, we were going to stop. We were going to chill out together. We were going to eat together. We were going to watch a film. And we like, that was our motivation to get us through the day. And at some point, obviously after I'd worked really hard, Ollie had popped over and uh, we were getting ready to watch the film and Ollie was on his way out and one of the girls turned and said, oh, has anyone got any chocolates or sweets or anything? Oh, no, we haven't. That's a real shame. And uh, Ollie left and then we put the film on and maybe 10 to 15 minutes later, there's a knock on the door and there was Ollie with bags of sweets and chocolates and he just handed them over and left. And we all felt so special we felt cared for we felt loved we felt thought of we felt like someone had gone out of their way to help us and then we got married so you know that doesn't really happen anymore um (laughs) so (laughs) it's a little story for you all I know you did come home with chocolates on Friday actually he came home with chocolates on Friday I should say that for fair sake. <laughs> so we feel special when we people serve us because to serve is to love and to love is to serve. And it's so intrinsically linked. If you love somebody, you just naturally serve them. And our readings today are taken from John 13 and it's um, where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. So we jump around a little bit. We start in John 13, one to 16. We're then going to read verses 21 and 22, and then we're going to jump again to verses 31 and 38. So it will be on the screen and you can follow along there. And I'm also going to read it out loud. But if you do have Bibles, paper or electronic, then I'd love for you to follow on with me. So we're going to start with John 13 verses 1 to 16. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it round his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped round him. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. For he knew who was to betray him. Sorry, Uh, completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him after saying these things Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified truly truly I say to you one of you will betray me the disciples looked at one another uncertain of whom he spoke then we skip to um, verses 31 to 38 and here uh, we pick up just after Jesus has said to Judas what you are going to do go do it quickly Jesus knows that Judas is about to betray him to the Pharisees and the Sadducees about to sell him for a bag of money. And uh, the rest of the disciples don't know that that's what Judas is going to do. So we pick it up here. It says, when he had gone out, he being Judas Iscariot, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me and just as I said to the Jews, so now I will also Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow until you have denied me three times you are to love one another just as i have loved you follow my example now this these um passages these verses there's there's sort of two things that Jesus is talking about here. So there's a really obvious example of Jesus serving and loving his disciples by getting down on his knees and washing their feet. Washing someone's feet was actually the job of the lowest servant in the household. It wasn't something your friends did to you. It wasn't something that your Lord did to you or your teacher or even the son of God. This was something that um, you would expect your lowest household servant to do because the roads were dirty and dusty they wouldn't have had like some Nikes on or Ugg boots. They would have just been rocking around in bare feet, maybe a pair of leather sandals that they'd made, but nothing to protect their feet. It would have been dirty and dusty. And yet Jesus was willing to serve them. And he says, follow my examples as I have done this for you. So you should do this for each other. This is how you love sacrificially and humbly. But also these verses are all pointing towards that bigger picture. They are all All pointing towards the greatest act of love and servitude. They are all pointing towards the cross. Verses thirty-one and thirty-two. Of John 13, uh, sound like a slightly complex sentence, and I had to reread them many times to understand. It says, uh, When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. But what Jesus here is saying that when I die on the cross, when the son of man is glorified, so will God be glorified through this act. And when God is glorified, so is the son of man. We are the, the act of the cross that screams grace and humility and love to all humanity is the greatest act of servitude. So when Jesus is saying, when I am glorified, God is glorified in this act of love. So what Jesus is saying in these verses is I have shown you my love by washing your feet but I'm about to show you the ultimate expression of love as I die on the cross for you. So there's five truths I want to look at this morning with you about how we serve like Jesus. So the first truth is serving is costly. To serve like Jesus, we need to be humble. In Matthew uh, 20, 16, it says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. We have to humble ourselves, just as Jesus was willing to humble himself and kneel down in front of his disciples and wash their feet. So we must be willing to humble ourselves to serve like Jesus. To serve like Jesus, we need to actively serve. We need to get our hands dirty. We need to get involved. Jesus didn't just tell other people to serve. Jesus did it himself. He led by example. And when I think about our church, we have so many incredible people that serve week in, week out to make things happen. But there's one team in particular that I really think... Uh, understands that serving is at times costly and that you have to be humble and that you have to get your hands dirty and that's our incredible setup and pack down team we generally have the same people week in week out that's right yeah give them a clap because it's incredible what they do they turn this hall into a church for us every week they arrive here at 7 30 or 7 7 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and they usually don't leave till about two o'clock and you know what they do it with a smile on their faces because say, understand that this is important, that they're creating a space for people to come and meet with God. And we so appreciate that. Thank you for what you do. And also to love as Jesus loved, following the example of Jesus, is that we have to love the people that we struggle to love. Jesus still washed the feet of Judas Iscariot, knowing that he was going to betray him. Jesus still washed his feet. I think I would find that quite difficult personally. And I'm sure if the rest of us were truthful, we would find that hard as well. But when we serve like Jesus, when we follow the example of Jesus, we have to prefer others above ourselves. And even when people um, upset us, even betray us, we've got to serve them and love them because that is what we are called to do. The second point is serving is caring. In John thirteen thirty three, Jesus refers to the disciples as little children. And this word in the Greek is technia and it's only really used by John and it's only used to describe the um, It's only used by Jesus when speaking to his disciples. And the word technia means it's kind of filled with tender feelings and deep affections, warmth and love. It's the kind of word that a parent might use when talking about their small child who's dependent on them, who they protect and they love. So it's a real, um, a word full of great feelings. Jesus is, is talking to his disciples and he's saying, little children, I'm going away and you can't join me. Until later, you will be with me again. And we see that in verse 36. He is like a father talking to his children. He's saying, Where I am going, you can't come. Have you ever had that conversation with your child or with someone else's child? I have it every day um, with Ethan. It gets to around the time for me to leave. And I say, Right, boys, I'm going now. Why? I don't want you to go. Yes, well, I've got to go because I need to go home. Why do you need to go home? I want you to stay here because I need to go and see Uncle Ollie. Why do you need to see Uncle Ollie? And it goes on and on like this every single day. Like, I will be coming back tomorrow. I won't be going for long. I'll see you later. Okay, bye-bye. And this this is the way that Jesus is talking to his disciples. I'm not going away forever. Don't worry, we will be together again. But I've got to go. I've got to do this. And again, we're so lucky in our church to have people that serve with such care. And I was thinking about our um, host and hospitality teams and how much they care for what they do and how apparent that is when we come, that there's people there to say hello, that there's banners up in the car park and people to help you park, that they give you a smile and a wave and there's incredible refreshments and drinks just done out of love. Because they love and they care for us as we come in. And also our creche kids and youth teams, the tender love and care and the nurturing that they put into children in our church and young people, wanting them to grow up knowing the ways of God, wanting them to live a life of truth and goodness is just so apparent. And again, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that you are so willing to love people and that you are so caring in the way that you do it. Because this is something we've learned from Jesus. And it's great to see that people understand that. Thirdly, serving is commitment. So I was recently speaking to my grandpa. Um, My grandpa's an amazing guy. And he was telling me that um, he's going to visit a friend soon with my grandma um, because it's a celebration. I said, oh, what are you celebrating? He said, well, my friend here, he's been playing the organ in this this tiny church in a hamlet for 60 years. So they're having a party for him. I mean, I heard that and I... (laughs) I nearly started crying. I thought, this man understands the commitment of serving. He has played the organ every single week for 60 years. He understands that he's been given a gift, a talent, and he wants to use it to glorify God. And it's not a big stage. It's a tiny church in a little hamlet out in the countryside. And yet he's been there every week playing that organ, serving God, glorifying God with what he has. Isn't that amazing? And in that similar way, so do our worship in our AV team because their commitment isn't just to a Sunday, they commit to bettering themselves and learning more of their talents, gathering together every week to practice, but also in their own time to get better at instruments, to get better at singing or learning new harmonies. Their commitment is not just to a Sunday. They are committed to reading and learning and being in God's presence so that they are able to bring us into God's presence every week. And we have such a talented worship team We're very blessed by you all and our AV team as well. There's lots you have to learn to be able to. I mean, I look at that desk and I just get a headache. I have no idea what those buttons do. It's not that that bad. (laughs) But if you do want to be on the team. (laughs) So, yeah. so, So I'd want to say again, thank you to our worship and our AV teams for everything that you do. Jesus was committed to his disciples, even in spite of their failures. John thirteen thirty six to 38 says this. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. Instead of following Jesus, Peter denied him three times. And instead of laying down his life for Jesus, he fled for his life in fear of his life. Serving is commitment. But... Serving is also Christ empowered. The commitment, the cost, the caring is all sustainable when we do it with the strength of Christ. Serving is Christ empowered. In John 13, 34 to 35, we read about our pattern where Jesus says, as I have loved and served you, so you will love and serve others. That's our pattern and our example. That's how we're supposed to do it. And then later on in John, in John 15, verses 12 to 17, I'll just read those out. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you The Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. We are Christ empowered. We have been commanded to do these things, but also because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we can come into God's presence and we can ask in the name of Jesus and we are empowered. We can say, God, Give me the strength this morning. I need strength to be able to serve as you have asked me to serve. God, give me the love that you have for that person that's just, I'm finding it hard with. God, would you help me to forgive that person who has hurt and upset me in the name of Jesus? God, would you help me to be committed, Lord, when it's costly and when it's hard, would you help me be committed because I know that this is what you have asked of me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give me strength. We need God's help. We are not on our own. And how great is that? We are not asked to do any of this on our own. In fact, we are told the way to do it is to come in front of God and to ask in the name of Jesus. To be empowered, to be able to fulfill what has been asked of us. And as we lead out of this Christ-empowered love, we communicate to the world the magnificence and majesty of Jesus. When we communicate to the world the love of Jesus, we draw them to the cross. This is why we're asked to do it. Our greatest commandment is to love God with our hearts, our minds and our souls and to love each other as we love ourselves. And the point of that is to bring them closer to the cross, that they would understand the sacrifice that has been made for them and that they would come into a loving relationship with their father. And we communicate that through serving. Remember, serving is love and love is serving We communicate to the world the love of God when we serve sacrificially, when we serve with commitment and care and love. And we serve even when it's costly. We are communicating that we have something worth bringing people to. We are communicating that it is worth this because we believe that your life will be better for this. I believe that my life will be better for this. As I lay down my own desires and I put myself into the path that God has designed for me and I lay aside my heart's desires and say, God, your will be done. I believe that that's better for me. John thirteen thirty five says this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I'm sure many of us know that song. I'm not going to sing it. And they'll know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. That, that song has just been going around in my head the whole time I've been preparing for this. Because they will know that we are Christians by our love. And it's a sorry time when people don't know that we are Christians by the way that we act, isn't it? But this love that we are called to show the world and communicate to the world is not simply taught in sermons or stated in words, it is a love that can be seen in action. Most of you are probably familiar with the quote from St. Francis Assisi, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. And then there's, uh, there's many things that we know about that. Actions speak louder than words. All these things. Words are important. We don't forget about the words. But our actions are what people see. They're um, the window into church. When we leave here... On a Sunday afternoon after being at church and we go back into our worlds, to our neighborhoods, to our workplaces, to our families, to our communities, what they see of us is what they see of church. So when we communicate love and that when we serve each other, then we communicate the love of God and we open people's eyes to what God has done for them. And uh, we have our incredible Toddlin and Butterflies team and they go and they communicate to our communities the love of God. And I pray for those teams. I pray that their work would not be in vain, that we would see many people come to know Christ by their sacrifice and their love. God, thank you for that team, for both those teams, Lord, for the way that they serve people so lovingly and so graciously. And as I started um, preparing for this sermon, I contacted a few people in the church who serve. And I asked them a really simple question, why do you serve? Why do you serve? And um, I asked myself that question and it took me a few minutes and I thought, well, this isn't great. I really need to go back to basics here. And uh, these are some of the responses I had. I serve in response to what Jesus has done for me. I serve because I want to serve rather than just being served. I serve because it gives me a sense of doing something important for God, however small it may be. I serve because I feel I am giving my all to God. I serve because God has asked us to and Jesus has modeled service. I serve because I have gifts that I can share to bring glory to God. I serve because I love the fellowship it brings with others. I serve because it is our greatest commandment to love God and to love our neighbors. And we at, as a church, we want to celebrate the people that serve. And in a couple of weeks, we have something coming up called our night of honor. And if you serve on a team, you'll have been given an invitation to this. And it's just a night to say thank you. Thank you to the people that normally come here and do the serving and we want to serve them and say, this is your night. We appreciate everything you do and we want to thank you by giving you a celebration. So that's what that is. If you've been given one of those invitations, it's a night for us to say thank you to you. And if you are able to make it, we would love to know. So if you could let... um, Maybe Lois know on the Connect area if you're able to come or not able to come. Or you could email Newark Sundays at alivechurch.org.uk. We would love for you to join us because we want to thank you for everything that you do. And on your seats, you should have one of these. Fancy little cards here. It says all in here to serve. And they, these really are for anybody who um, is not yet serving on a team and has listened to this and thought that's that's something I would like to get involved in. Or maybe you do serve on a team but you realise you actually have more time and you'd be able to commit more to serving. Um, and these are for you to fill out. So they're really self explanatory. You're able to circle the times that you're available and put in a few of your details. If there's a specific team that you you would like to be involved in, you can fill that in as well. And then we're going to hand these into the connect table just here at the back. And um, then we'll be able to get in touch with you just to let you know what those opportunities are. This is not a binding contract. We're not going to chase you down until you do something. It's just to let you know what the opportunities are, what's available for you to get involved in. So before you leave this place, and if you do want to fill out one of these, I would encourage you to do it before you go home and forget and lose it in your handbag or put it out with the recycling. Um, Yeah, if you get a chance, I'd love for you to fill one of these in. I think what's really important to mention when we talk about serving is that if all of us here right now didn't do anything else for God, we are still saved by grace. And what we do not want to do is come to church just to serve each other because we are here to glorify God. And we don't want serving to get in the way of your relationship with God. And so when, when, uh, when doing and serving becomes your God over God, that's not good. That's not a good thing. We think it's important to serve. We think it's humbling. We think it's what we've been asked and told to do. We believe it's biblical. We believe it's the example of Jesus' life, but it should not come above God. It should not be your God. You do not get your self-worth from serving. And it's so important that we remember that, that if we were to do nothing else for God, we are still saved by grace. We are still loved and cherished by him. It's important. It's a part of what we believe, but it is not the way to find grace. We do not, we are not saved by our own works. We are saved by one work of one man, Jesus. We do not have to earn our salvation. How great is that? We are forgiven because we're forgiven because we're forgiven because we're forgiven. Praise him. Praise him. And, um, I would really like us to pray um, individually to have a think about those people in our communities, those people in our workplace that we could be serving better to show them the love of Jesus. I'd like us to pray about if there's an area that we can get involved in in church that we want to serve in. I'd like us to just take a moment, each of us individually, to have a little think is there is there more I can be doing? Is there someone I can be praying for? Is it my neighbor? Is it that mum or dad that I see at the school gates? Is it that person who sits next to me in the office? Is there someone we can be praying for to show them love, to be able to serve them? And then for people who feel like, you know, well, I'm already serving a lot. I'm already praying for people. I'd like you just to take a moment just to to ask God for more strength, for more of him, for him to guide and to help you, for him to be your Christ empowered serving. We don't do this on our own, but we do this in the strength of Christ. So I'm going to pray and I'd love for each of us individually just to take a moment, just to be in the presence of God. You might want to close your eyes you might want to open up your hands and we're going to pray together heavenly father thank you so much for the example of what it means to love and to serve thank you for the greatest act of service that you could ever have done that we can come into relationship with you through your son Thank you, God, that you have called us to be a bright light in our communities. And I pray, Lord, that we would be known by our love, that people would know that we are children of God by our love. Lord, I pray for each person here now. God, would you just um, reveal to them who it is that you would like them to be loving and serving. God, would you reveal to them who it is that you are calling home, Lord. Would we go out in your strength, empowered by Christ? And God, I pray for the people here who are thinking that um, they might be able to just offer a bit more. They might be able to get involved in a certain team. Lord, would you just make it clear to them the gifts that you have given them, where it is you have called them to be, to serve within the church. And finally, Lord, I thank you for every person who serves. God, I pray for an extra filling of grace, an extra filling of your Christ-empowered love. God, I pray for rest. I pray for times of your presence that are sweet and refreshing. I thank you, Lord, for the incredible people here today who serve you in love and humility. There may be um, some people here today or even just one person here today that we want to make this opportunity for. Every single week we give the opportunity for people who have never um, given their life to Jesus, who have never come into a relationship with God to to, to make that step, to start that journey. And so how we do this is there's going to be a prayer that's going to come up on the screen. We're all going to read it out together. And it's a great time for those of us who have already made that commitment to God just to to refresh ourselves, to recenter ourselves and to read those powerful words. But this, um, if you are praying this for the first time after we have read the prayer, I'm gonna ask for everyone to bow their heads and to close their eyes. And if this is you, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time and you're ready to start a relationship with your loving father, I'd love for you to raise your hand. That gives us, it's for two reasons. One is so that you know that you have made that commitment. It means that I can see you and it means that we can celebrate. You know, it says in the Bible that when one person comes home, the angels celebrate there's a party in heaven but also secondly so that we are able to get some literature into your hands so that we're able to get alongside you and help you on this exciting journey so we're going to pray this prayer out loud together thank you god for loving me before i ever loved you thank you jesus for dying on the cross for me Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We pray you have a great day.